0: Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's Corner 3 here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Jared Stansbury. Got Scott Christopherson here with me. Uh, special announcement, Scott, the Corner 3 Podcast has officially got a sponsor. We are brought to you by our friends at Mechdyne. Uh, you guys have heard all about them on the Williams and Bloom podcast, uh, every week for now, almost two years. You can find out more about them at mechdyne.com. That's M E C H D Y N E.com. Uh, you can find out more about them. And of course we'll have plenty of more information about Mechdyne here on, uh, on the corner three pod. What's up, Scott. How's it going today, man? It's going well, man. Happy Friday. How are you? I'm doing well, dude. You're, uh, as soon as we get done recording this, you're going to make your Cyclone Fanatic Town Hall debut. Are you nervous?
1: Big day. It's a big day. Um, no, I'm excited. It's always fun to interact with, uh, with Cyclone fans.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Until they start grilling you about, uh, I don't know, they'll grill you about something. I'm sure they always have some some hard questions to ask. But it uh, it'll be fun for sure. That'll be for our Cyclone premium users at, uh starting at noon here. But um, all right, let's dive into Iowa State's loss to Texas Tech on Tuesday night first, 72 to 60 down in Lubbock. Uh, interesting game, man, because I thought this was really one of the first times that people got like genuinely frustrated with this team uh you know I don't I don't know that I had overly high expectations that they'd be able to go down there and win in Lubbock I thought they'd be able to keep it within double digits probably but you know I think they kind of ran into a buzzsaw with a really good team coming off of a loss that that you just beat two weeks earlier I mean I think Texas Tech was pretty motivated in this one
1: yeah, no, that's. I think Texas Tech is the best team in the Big Twelve right now today. Um, I, I think they're a legitimate Final Four team, you know, contending team. They play a very difficult style of play, and then you know their fans were were rocking. That building was rocking. You're on their home court. You know, Iowa State battled tough for a, a, a half, but I think some of the foul trouble and some of the things that led to them getting in foul trouble kind of caught up with them in the second half. And look, that can happen on the road. You know, you think things are going to, okay, this is going to be a grinded out possession by possession game. But all of a sudden, you know, you get their crowd into it. They make a couple of shots and it can spiral out of control quick. So I, nothing that I'm alarmed by moving forward, but yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing performance and I I can understand the, the concern for Cyclone fans.
0: I think the biggest thing that probably frustrated people was, I mean, the fact that Iowa state continued to settle for jumpers, uh, as often as they did, Iowa state took uh, 63 shots in the game and I think only 20 of them were at the rim and most of those were in the sec- uh, the first half of the game Um, I mean w- like why do you think that is uh, in a game like this that it it became so blatantly clear especially in the second half as Texas Tech was starting to pull away if you played downhill you were going to probably be able to draw foul calls and be able to get to the free throw line and kind of keep that thing even at, you know at the end of it Texas Tech has a 20 free throw advantage and makes uh what what was it you think that was preventing Iowa state from being able to have more consistent success on that end
1: I think guys had a hard time getting comfortable attacking Texas tech you know Tyrese I think early on uh had some had some trouble you know turned it over a little bit a little loose with the ball and it you know I think he felt like no matter where he was driving even if he beat his guy, their help and rotations were there. And, and I think, the, you know, Tyrese and, and Isaiah are the two guys on this team that I think can consistently put pressure on defenses by playing downhill. And then I think the rest of the guys felt it. I mean, they've turned the ball over at an abnormally high rate out of the high post. I think when other guys tried to put the ball on the floor for a dribble or two, they just didn't, they felt like there was nowhere to go. And I think that's what Texas tech has uh, the ability to do to teams. I think that's why they're the best team in this league right now. Their defense is really good. Their scheme is really good. They, they do a great job of switching and rotating. They're long, they're athletic and you get on, you get them on their home court with the crowd into it. And it just, it can make it very difficult. I think we took threes because we felt like we couldn't get anything any better. Um, you know, I think some of that, you just have to tip your cap and acknowledge that they're playing a very good team coming off of a loss in their building. I think to me, the thing that was a little disappointing, you know, the first possession of the game, you get the ball to Isaiah in the high post. I called for that in our last podcast and he rises up for a nice 15 foot jump shot. I can't think of another time where they got the ball to him at the high post, the rest of the game. In a game that you're having a hard time driving the basketball, you're having a hard time, not, you know, creating quality shots. I thought that was the one spot that they might be able to give them some trouble. I thought he was the one guy that was that if you can get the ball to him in some different spots on the court, the low post, the high post, obviously on the wing and on some of those dribble handoffs, he might be that guy that can create some quality looks for you. And they never found a way to go back to that the rest of the game. So that to me, you know, was probably the most disappointing part of it offensively, but you can't get too high when things go well, like they did against Texas. We can't get too low when things don't go well, like they did against Texas tech Saturday's a new day, a new game. And I think this team has everything it needs to, to, to go out on Saturday and put, put, you know, have a, res- a good response, uh, uh, against TCU.
0: Yeah. This was one of the first times that I felt like Iowa state scouted looks were so well scouted and so well prepared for that. I mean, the high post would, George Condit was not going to work. You know, I mean, Texas Tech did a very good job of being able to take that away. George finished with five turnovers and he fouled out. It just, the only issue that I have with when they do that, because don't get me wrong, George has done a really good job in that role for the most part this year and has had some games where he's had more assists than I imagine he's had in his entire career, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, the issue I have with it is George is not an offensive threat from that position. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to shoot a jump shot. I mean, I, I, and I can't blame him. He hasn't ever shot jump shots in college canes before. So it's like, it is what it is. I know he's got a good shot because I've watched him shoot before but uh, and go through his workouts before. But it's just, you got to have the confidence to turn around and shoot one. So if I'm a defensive team, first things first, I don't know why you even guard him there. And then uh, secondly, he's not a guy that's necessarily a threat to put it on the deck and really, you know, drive away from you. And I think you're seeing where teams are starting to let him catch it. And then they're going to come and put, send a double at him or they're going to take every passing lane away from him. And they're going to make him make decisions and not give him his options that he wants off of the curls and things like that. And it, I'm just intrigued to see how they adapt that, you know, I think putting Isaiah there is certainly an option because he can knock down that elbow free, that free throw line, elbow extended jumper. But you know, you just don't, you just don't know. And you don't want to take George out of that because that's been a really good thing for him. I think uh, at times this year too, it's just maybe you don't run it as often as you have been at different points, because I think teams are really starting to pick up on that and they're trying to make George uncomfortable, more uncomfortable than teams probably did earlier
1: in the year. Well, and especially with how Texas Tech, they're they're so good with switching, and that you know yeah. it seems like everybody they play is six five to six eight, and 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 bouncy, and you know can move good laterally. So, you know when they can just deny your wings, deny dribble handoffs, and then they're good at denying the back cut because they don't really guard George all that hard, or they don't have to. You know, he's kind of stuck there. And I thought a couple of his turnovers were him just getting impatient, feeling like, well, if I don't get rid of this thing, I'm about to get a five-second call. And then he just, you know, he made a pass that wasn't there. But I thought per that game specifically against that defense, it would have made more sense to put Isaiah there because you need a guy to catch it at the, the 15-foot mark that they have to respect as a scorer to try to open it up. It didn't happen. Yeah. It's time to move on, but I think going into this game on Saturday, you're to your point. teams are learning how to guard and seeing that that's Iowa State's primary offense. And that doesn't mean you just go away from your primary offense, but you've got to start to develop some counters, whether it's within the set of horns or whether it's some different you know chin action or different different concepts to get your playmakers, the ball were in the spots where they can attack and then everybody else can play off of that. We took it all.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was a frustrating game because you know, I'm never going to, I'm not blaming the officials. Like I took heat for that. This was so stupid, dude. This game made me so mad. The aftermath of this game, I tweeted out about the officiating because the officiating again, I'll say, I said it at the time, I'll say it again. It was bizarre. It felt inconsistent and that. I'm not saying that. Either way, because I thought it happened on both sides where both teams were being called for some things that they probably shouldn't have been. And then they wouldn't be called for things that they probably should have been. Uh, But when you give a team an opportunity to shoot 40 free throws, you're not going to win very often, especially one that's as good defensively as what Texas Tech is. There's not a team in this league that will beat Texas Tech if they score 70 points and shoot 40 free throws. There's not, not one and so it might not
1: be a team in the country that beats no no and that's exactly like
0: if texas tech is allowed to do that in every game in the ncaa tournament they'll win the national championship by a considerable margin like i'm i feel pretty confident in saying that and uh that's a really good team so i just i just didn't understand why people were so fired up like i i was it was just weird and i hate to be that guy that it's like oh what do you guys expect? But I mean, I don't know what, like, what did you expect? I, it's hard to win on the road in the big 12. That's why Kansas is so good is because they're able to win on the road like they could, but obviously yeah. it's never been able to do that. And it's like to expect them to all of a sudden against really good teams, go on the road and be like, I'm going to be pissed if they don't win. Well, why you're just getting your
1: self-pissed for no reason then. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that it's very hard to ref this league Um, I'm not making excuses for a missed goaltending call at the end of the Kansas game. Or, I mean, I've. Those are the kinds of things that
0: are no brainer. I
1: voice my frustration with like the silliness of the inadvertent elbow to the head or Mm. something like that impacting a game. So I, I'm not excusing those calls, but this league is so physical and it's so athletic as a ref. You, if you call every one of them, you're going to call 80, 80 foul calls, and right. there will be no players left. If you don't call anything ever, it just turns into a bloodbath out on the court. So, like, where do you pick and choose your spots to call fouls? And when you go on the road, you're not going to get 50% of the 50-50 calls. It's hmm. been that way forever. Yeah, You're going to have to overcome that. I thought, were there some calls that I disagreed with? Of course there were. There are calls in every game that I disagree with. But that doesn't mean that that's the primary reason that they lost. I thought Texas tech did a really nice job of adjusting at halftime. Iowa state had a little bit, had some foul trouble with their bigs, three fouls. I think we had three players with three fouls, maybe three of our bigs. I think all
0: all three of them picked up three, like instantly when they
1: came in the game, they said, we're going to put our head down against this pressure defense. We're going to ram the ball in the lane. We're going to get it up on the, um, up on the, the the glass, and we're going to try to get to the free throw line, and we're going to try to make this into a physical offensive rebounding contest. And they did that; they t- they brought the fight to us. I think, to me, the adjustment that I would have liked to have seen the Cyclones make defensively, you've got to recognize how this game is being refed and adjust to it. And I'm all for putting pressure on the ball and trying to create turnovers, but not at the expense of just opening up your hips to the lane mm-hmm. and just allowing free passes to the lane where now you're putting bigs who are already in foul trouble in a tough spot. Cause they've got guys driving downhill on them. They've got to, they're sitting there in two on one situations where they've got to help contest the shot and get back and out rebound a guy that is more athletic than them. That's a no win situation. And so I think the adjustment that they've got to make defensively, they got to find that balance of putting pressure on the ball but they've got to stay solid in their scheme and not just allow big 12 players open looks to drive or open looks at three. That's the thing I think they've got to learn from this game moving forward to Saturday. Yeah.
0: And it, it comes to even, you know, you can't, you you can't gamble outside of the scheme of trying to make forced turnovers and things like that. And it, you know, I don't think they do it every time and it's not everybody by any means, but it's, it is becoming too frequent where you see guys who are trying to make a play, which you can commend someone trying to make a play and they're doing it and they're messing up at 100%, but you're leaving your, your teammates overextended and you're putting them in positions where they're having to scramble. And then you leave open jump shooters. And then, uh, all of a sudden you create better angles for the offensive team on the offensive glass. And it just like, it's a domino effect, you know, and that's how you break that defense. And Iowa State's defense has not been broken very many times, but you have to stay really disciplined within the scheme and turnovers are going to come as a result of staying disciplined in the scheme, but you can't start freelancing and going rogue.
1: No. And you can win at home by just playing hard. Yeah. You can't win on the road against good teams by just playing hard. You have to also play smart. The you have game, to take, yeah. you have to recognize when there's a chance to be taken and you also have to recognize this is not the possession to take chances. We just need to buckle in, make them take a contested jump shot and go rebound the basketball. And if they make a jump shot, we'll tip our cap and say, "All right, we'll get you on the next possession." Like that's the step for this team as we get it now into the You know, they go to Oak state, they go to West Virginia. They go to, you know, some of these places that I think are probably a little bit more winnable games than what Texas tech is. They've got to go on. They've got to take the fight to them, play hard, but they've got to play a little bit more organized and a little bit smarter when, when turbulence and adversity hits throughout the game. I mean, we saw the same thing in the second half against Oklahoma on the road, Oklahoma hit some, and it kind of came unraveled there in the second half. So that's that's the adjustment that they'll have to make beyond this home game against TCU if they want to go on the road and grind out a couple of these wins.
0: I don't know, man. It just it I think it feels good, you know, and don't get me wrong, there's really good teams left on the schedule. It feels good that they're out of this six gra- this six game stretch to start things. Like that no, it was such a gauntlet, man, and you know Again, I know TCU is a good team. They've beat some good teams. Oklahoma State's a good team. They've been playing pretty good ball right now, and you still got to play a couple of those teams again. But just, it feels like you're going to get a little bit more room to breathe here for like three weeks compared to what you have for the last three weeks.
1: They played six games against teams that all, I think an argument could be made that they could make a sweet 16 run. Maybe not Texas. I don't know. I'm still not sold on them, but for sure, Oklahoma can. Obviously, Baylor's a Final Four threat. Kansas, I think, probably a uh, sweet 16 to elite eight type of team especially uh, when they're healthy yeah when you get texas, martin back yeah yep texas tech is a, a, fi- a legitimate final four threat so you know to me now they're going to start to still they're still going to play good games or good teams excuse me they're still going to have to play well to win those games but they're not playing against teams that you expect to go to the sweet 16 and 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 that look you're two and four you're mm-hmm. you you've you're minus one on the tim floyd you know, plus minus game, you're minus one, minus one gets you into the NCAA tournament. If they just win the rest of their home games and lose all their road games, they'll make it to the NCAA tournament. So right. you're, you're in great shape. Just come out, get a win on Saturday and, and get right back to it. You know, I, they got to clean up some of these things if they want to stack wins together and be a little bit more consistent. But I, I still think that those things are very doable for this team all right let's look at TCU on
0: uh, well tomorrow uh, the horn frogs come into this one they're twenty sixth nationally in adjusted defense uh, they're one hundred or one hundred twenty seventh in adjusted offense on Ken palm uh, there is no team in the country better at crashing the offensive uh, offensive glass than Jamie Dixon's uh, what have you seen from the horn frogs in
1: your studying? Great on the offensive glass. That's a huge part of their offense. Um, and I think for them, it starts with their defense because if you allow your defense to be broken down, they're going to be in position to rebound on the offensive glass and they're going to eat you up. So to me, this gets back to the basics for this team. I think we've said this a lot, but it, it really holds true. Defensively, if you put a lot of pressure on them, but you stay solid in your help, solid in the gaps, I think that they're going to have a lot of success. I think that'll also help them be in better position to to rebound the basketball. If your defense breaks down, I think it's going to be a long day trying to keep them off the offensive glass. That to me is they do that. They will have a very, very good chance to win this game offensively. They're a good team, but they're nowhere near the level of Texas tech. So let's get Tyrese back going playing downhill the way that we saw him play against the Texas last Saturday, I think when he's playing at that sort of a level, it makes everybody on the roster a better offensive player. Let's look, for, let, let's look to get him back. And then I want to see, can we get Tyrese going like he was last Saturday and Isaiah going like we've seen him at different points throughout the season at the same time? I think that that is doable in this game. I think if they can do those things, this team is going to have a chance to win a lot of games, not only Saturday, but moving forward.
0: How wild is it that TCU has the 26th best uh, adjusted defense
1: in the country and they have the eighth best defense in the big 12? That's insanity. I mean, this league is just crazy. And that's why, I mean, literally every game you play, you know, win the turnover battle, win the rebounding battle, and you have probably a 75 to 85% chance to win the game because it's just the way the league is built, the way all these teams are built. You take care of those two things and you are going to have a very good chance to win the game. And this, this game will be no exception.
0: What do you want to see from Iowa state early in the game to feel like
1: it's uh, going a good direction? I just want to see that they've learned from the mistakes that they made against Texas tech, right? Like you go throughout this long season, this long big 12 season, you're going to have like, what happened on Tuesday night is not that big of a deal. So long as you learn from it. Now, if you come out and we're still, Oh, being overly aggressive, getting in foul trouble, allowing straight line drives, allowing you know, cross-court passes to wide open shooters, that tells me, all right, we haven't really identified and locked in on the mistakes we made the other night. That's a concern. But I, I think that TJ will be all over this. Uh, I, I think that he will have these guys locked in and ready to roll. I think Hilton's going to be rocking. I want to see them clean that up offensively. I just want to see them get back to finding ways to get Tyrese playing downhill, to get Isaiah playing downhill, shooters be ready to shoot, offensive rebounders crash every time. Simplify the game. You do those things, this team's going to the NCAA tournament. They're going to win a lot of games in 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 this league. All right, buddy.
0: We'll uh, we'll talk to you after the game then, and uh, keep looking ahead to to what comes next. Have a good weekend. All right, man. Sounds good. You too. Thanks to Mek for being the presenting sponsor of the Corner 3 Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.